0: Let's open our Bibles up to Nehemiah chapter 6. We're going to do uh, one more chapter in Nehemiah. Uh, Next time we'll be starting the book of Joel. uh, But we've been looking at Nehemiah, this idea of rebuilding. God wants to rebuild our lives and we're in this path of rebuilding. And and, uh, There's always opposition though. We saw it in the first... Section of Nehemiah, there was opposition. We face opposition. We face discouragement. And Nehemiah faced all these same things. He knew that God was working, that God's hand was on him, but still there was this opposition. So what did he do? He prayed. He faced mocking and ridicule, but he kept working. He kept walking. He kept praying. There were attacks from the outside, there were attacks from the inside discouragement from within but Nehemiah if you recall he gave him this word he says don't be afraid remember the Lord and fight don't be afraid remember the Lord and fight fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes chapter five uh, is a whole chapter about the people themselves not treating each other right they were charging this exorbitant interest and lending mother uh, money to each other and uh He had to deal with that, and then we pick it up now in chapter 6 with more opposition. You'd think think that enough was enough, right? Enough opposition, but it doesn't stop, and we need to know that we need to go to the end, to the very final bell, and that's what I've titled this message this morning, Till the Final Bell. We need to go till the final bell rings. We can't stop before then. We do get tired. We do get discouraged, but we need to go on. In 1 Corinthians, Paul said this. He said that the Lord Jesus Christ, He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. He will keep us strong to the end because He is faithful. It's not based on our faithfulness. It's based on His faithfulness. So Nehemiah chapter 6, you remember they're rebuilding the wall and they were almost there. They'd almost gotten to the point. Look at chapter 6, verse 1. When word, got, when word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Gisham the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates. The word had gotten around. The wall was rebuilt. There wasn't a gap. They had gotten so far. The doors weren't in place yet, though. There was still a little bit left to go, but again, they were, they were getting so close, and how many times like that? We're getting so close, we're, we're so far along, and the, the attacks still come. They, they're still there to bring us down, to, to, to get us to give up. Verse 2, it says, Sanballat and Geshem, they sent me this message. Come, and let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono, but they were scheming to harm me. Come and let us meet in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. And it, when I read this, I thought this is just a real distraction. A real distraction. Any of you ever get distracted? <laughs> Any of you distracted right now? You're thinking of like something else right now. What does he talk? I don't know what he said the last five minutes. I have no clue. I've been distracted. I've been thinking about all these things. Distractions are a real thing. It's you know our, our attention gets divided, our attention gets put onto other things. I read this. This is good because I, I struggle with distractions all the time, and I I found this uh, guy wrote about this uh, alphaefficiency.com alphaefficiency.com. He says this: I'm waging a war, a war against distractions. He said, distractions are the number one enemy. There are all kinds. Of distraction. Some even appear as good, while others are just bad altogether. In order to beat the enemy, we need to know who he is in the first place. So here's the list of common distraction villains. He sounds like he's a spiritual. We need to know the enemy so we can fight against him. He gives a whole list. He's talking really about kind of a work, his work thing. And uh, let me just tell you the list. He's got 15 here. Let me just read them for you. Number one, phone calls. How many of you have a phone in your pocket or your pocketbook? Text messages, instant messaging. Some of you are getting messages right now and you're going, He doesn't know I'm checking my email. The next one's email. He doesn't know I'm checking my email. Chat notifications, social media. Are these all bad things? No. Co workers, your boss, your family, your clients. These are all things from the outside coming at us to kind of take us away from the focus that we need. And that's why they talk about distracted driving, right? Where we're driving, we got that phone doing all these things, and and, uh, very dangerous. We need to know the enemy, and he says in order to beat the enemy, we need to know who he is in the first place. Some internal distractions, and I can relate to these. Number one, procrastination misprioritization number 3 you're hungry <laughs> some of you are thinking yeah is it donut sunday today no oh, not today number 4 you need to go to the toilet <laughs> i'll be right back <laughs> number 5 you're too tired i'm tired I didn't print this one out. The next one is he says three simple, ti- three simple tips on how to murder your evil distractions. <laughs> I like that. We get distracted all the time, don't we? And now that I read all that stuff, now you're thinking about all those things. But well, let's focus back on the fact that Nehemiah was doing a work for God. He was serving God. He was doing what God called him to do. And he was, he was getting attacked by these distractions. Come on, let, it, let us meet down in the plain of Ono. He says, but they were scheming to harm me. He knew. He understood. They were scheming to harm me. These distractions in in his particular case. These enemies that did not want to see the work going forward. You and I in our lives, we're going to face distractions. We're going to face enemy attacks all the time. Why? Because the enemy... We have an enemy, we have an enemy, our own flesh is our enemy, but also we have Satan who is our enemy. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians, we are not unaware of his schemes. We're not unaware of his devices, what he throws at us. We kind of know that, hey, you can expect if you're going to want to seek after God and follow after him, there's going to be something to come along and say, no, not right now. Oh, I'm going to spend some time reading the Word today. Oh, not right now. That program that you really like is coming on. Or there goes your cell phone. Or there goes you know, uh, this or that. I got to check my email first, and then you spend an hour doing that. And then you got to go somewhere, and you and you have no time now to read God's Word, talk to God, spend time with Him. What is going to get you further in your spiritual walk? Let's just talk about priorities. What is going to help you? We need to know, like like Nehemiah knew that these. Folks here, we're trying to harm him. And so his answer, verse 3, this is his answer. He says, So I sent messengers to them with this reply, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Notice twice he says here that it's going down. I'm carrying a, on a great project and I cannot go down. It's a step down to give in to those things. We, we want to stay up on the plane where, where the Lord is working. But his reply is this, and it's easy to remember this is the way I remember it. He said, oh no to oh no. Right? He said, oh no. I, I can't. I can't do it. And, and, and even good things that come along, when, when God has put something in your path to do, what God is calling you to do, And I face this all the time. There's all these little things coming from all these different directions. But he says no. And he stands and he resists and he fights. And he realizes, he says, I'm I'm doing something, a great project. I cannot go down. If I go down, why should the work stop? Why should I leave what God's called me to do? In other words, why should I leave my post for you or for this or for that? When God has put something before us. He says no. And you say, well, if I say no, that should be it, right? That'll take care of it. Is that what happens? Look at the next verse, verse 4. Four times they sent me the same message. Four times they were persistent. The enemy is persistent. He does not give up. Even as I've mentioned before, when Jesus was facing the enemy and, and the, the temptations, he finally, he faced him with the word of God and he says the word of God says this and he fought him with the scripture, but it says finally, it says the enemy went away, but it says he, he would come back at an opportune time. He, he didn't just give up and say, okay, that's it. And if he was like that with Jesus, you know he's going to be like that with you and me as well. Don't be surprised that the attacks keep coming. Don't be surprised that the distractions just keep coming. But, but it says there that each time I gave them the same answer. The, the same answer. The answer was what? Oh, yeah. oh no. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And just do it a little different, you know, inflection in your voice. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, when kids learn how to talk, they have to talk all these funny little different ways. Just, you've got to keep the same answer, though. The same answer. The answer does not change. Oh, no, is the answer. You've got to remember that. That's not hard to remember, is it? See? You guys are so quick. Then the fifth time, verse 5. Sanballat send, send his aid to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Gisham says it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king, and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king, so come. Let us confer together. How many of you got distracted by that cell phone just now? It wasn't mine. Mine is off. He he says the fifth time he says, no. Oh no. But but this time they, they put it in this letter and it was unsealed, and you know they you know the reason they didn't seal it so that everybody else could kind of read it along the way. And spread these untrue rumors, spread these untrue uh, lies about them. This unsealed letter. A smear campaign was started. Gossip. It's reported, you know, and, and this guy says it's true, so if Geshem says it's true, it must be true, right? Well, no. Just because someone says that's the way it is doesn't make it true. Only if God says that's the way it is, that makes it true. He says that, that, you know, they were plotting to revolt, and, and, and Nehemiah had a whole thing, he wanted to become the king and everything else. He said, not what are you talking about? Like you are dreaming. You there's no chance of this. Verse 8, I sent him this reply, nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. You are just making it up out of your head. That's interesting language. You're dreaming. Sometimes we have, to, we have to just face these things. You know what? It, it's not true. It's just not true. Satan is called the father of what? The father of lies. And he'll say all the lies that he can come up with, and he's been working on them for a long, long time, right? Right? We don't know how many thousands of years he's been working on the lies, but I think at least six thousand years he's been putting together lies. And and you and I, we work on lies sometimes, and we you know we try to figure out the best way to to uh, you know put this lie together, and then and then we work on it for a few weeks, and we finally get it. You know, we have this way we're going to do it. He's been working on it for six thousand years. Some of you are thinking, well, does that mean Pastor Rich is thinking about a lie right now and how he's going to? Come up with a new lie. Now, I use that as an example because we all do kind of stretch the truth from time to time, don't we? you supposed to say, oh, no. Oh, no, not me. We're not supposed to. Sometimes we do, though. But the point is that he's been working on these things against you and I for a long, long time. He hits me with lie, lie after lie after lie after lie, hammering us. With these different things. How many of you ever feel like that? There's just something that just keeps hammering you and hammering you and hammering you. Just like, I wish that would just stop. And it's just a lie. You have to see it for what it is. It's not the truth. I think, I think one of the things, and in, 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 we're seeing it here, is the lies about who he is and what he's planning on doing. Who he is and what he's planning on doing. The, the, how many of you ever face that lie? You are just a loser. Any of you ever hear that, hear that coming to you? You are a loser. You are a loser. You are no good for nothing. You can never accomplish anything. You are a failure. Put a big F on your chest for failure. L for loser. Ever, any of you ever hear that? I hear that voice a lot. And you know what? It's not true. Why? Why? Because I've been born again by the Spirit of God, and I have the Spirit of God working in me, and, and He's gonna do something with me and through me. I'm not gonna, I I I'm on the winning team. I am not gonna lose. Not because of me, not because that I'm so cool or anything like that. You all know that's not true. But because of him. But I hear those, I get those hammering kind of things, and over and over and over and over again, and I have to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does Jesus say about me? That He's made me a new creation. What does Jesus say about my life? He's that He has a plan for me. That He's going to do something with me. What does He say in verse uh, nine? They were all trying to frighten us. Fear, intimidation, thinking that their hands will get too weak for the work, and it will not be completed. This idea, you know, that fear would wear them out. And how many of you ever feel that way? Fear is just like, fear can immobilize us sometimes. And we're fighting this fear. And that's why if you do a study through and, and get your concordance out or go on the online concordance and you do a study where it says, do not fear, you'll see it comes up over and over and over again. Like a few hundred times where the Bible says, do not fear. Why? Because it's something we're prone to do. So the enemy knows that we're prone to fear, and so he'll just hit that over and over again. I'm afraid. I can't do it. No, I can't. So what did Nehemiah do? He just gave up and went home. No, he says, but I prayed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. I prayed. Give me the strength, oh God, to get to the end. That's, That's what Nehemiah's plan has always been all along is to just to talk to God about it. Go back to God. Get on your face before Him. Go and find that closet of yours. Get in there with God and say, God, help me. I'm being attacked. I'm being I'm being intimidated. I'm being lied to. I'm being frightened. But he says, Strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. Psalm 48, 14 says, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. He will be our guide even to the end. Verse 10 One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of Mehedabel, who was shut in at his home. It's a good thing he was going to go visit this person. And he said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple. Let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. That sounds kind of spiritual, doesn't it? Let's go meet in the temple. Let's go and meet in that spiritual place. This is a good thing. This is how we're going to fight this. Nehemiah had already prayed. Now strengthen my hands. But the the fact of the matter was that with the temple being the way it was at that point in time, you can't just run in there. God's word was very, very clear that this is not what you're supposed to do. So, in other words, this particular person now is getting, is trying to get Nehemiah to go against God's word to get God's protection. Will that ever work? To go against God's word, to get God's protection, to get God's anything, to go against his word, to get his blessing, to get his help, to go against his word is never, ever the way to go. It's never, ever the way to go. He can't bless disobedience. He just can't bless it. You know, we, I see it over and over in people's eyes. They're, they're doing this, they're doing that, and say, God bless America. God bless me in my life. Well, what we need is to, is to say, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on our country. How can God bless disobedience? He cannot bless disobedience. King Uzziah in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, he entered the temple and he went in there to, to burn incense. Well, that sounds like a good thing, but he was not allowed to burn incense. It was against God's specific word. And so he goes in there and what happened with him? He ended up with le- leprosy till the end of his life. We need to ask ourselves, is it contrary to God's word? And again, we need to know what God's word says. And I love what Patrick was saying that to teach the young people, these children, to know what God's word says. Verse 11, Nehemiah's response. He said, but, but I said, should a man like me run away? Or should one like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him, but that, he, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. He realized, again, he, he, he had discernment, and I believe that God, through prayer, gave him that discernment, like, hey, this is not a good idea. You know, why would I do that? God's word said. And your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So why would I do what the, what God's word says not to do? Verse 14, he prays again. Remember Tobiah and Sanballat. Oh my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who have been trying to intimidate me. Basically, his prayer is, God, you deal with them. He wasn't going to try to take vengeance and and take it into his own hands. Vengeance always belongs to the Lord. And we have enemies, and and we can't take care of those enemies. Sometimes we want to. I'm going to take care of them. They tried to do that to me. Wait till you see what I do to them. But sometimes we just got to let it go and let God deal with it. Let him take care of it. That's why it says in Romans 12, It's written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. I will repay, says the Lord. Finally, verses 15 and 16. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and they lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Don't you love that? 52 days was a short time, but not only that, but you see here that what the enemy was trying to do, the enemy, it came back and went on to them. They were trying to make him afraid, lose self-confidence in it, and that's what happened to the enemies. They became afraid. They lost their self-confidence because they realized that, that this work had been done with the help of our God. That's why I chose that song this morning, to God be the glory, to God alone be the glory. This work has been done, it says there, with the help of our God. Their enemies realized it, that only God could do that. Only God could do that. And for you and I to realize that only God can do it, only God has done what we, what we have here. Only God has given us this place. God has brought us together. I have no idea how this happened, how we have a fellowship today. We're meeting together. I have no idea, but God is, has done it. This work has been done with the help of our God. What can we ever accomplish without God's help? Nada. Nada thing. To God be all the glory. So in your life, I don't know what kind of distractions you face, but I want to encourage you to, to stay on that path following after the Lord Jesus Christ. Seeking after Him because, because you, you and I need to you know, keep our hands on the plow. We, we need to keep looking forward, not looking back. And there will be distractions all along the way of, of all different kinds. Some of them even look good. But keep in mind that you and I have an enemy, and there's a, and, and in the end, he doesn't, he doesn't really want us to go forward. And he'll throw anything and everything. This idea of, you know, tempting to disobey God's word, he, he did the very same thing with, with Jesus, didn't he? He says, well, you know, he quoted scripture too. But he wanted him to disobey and to twist the scripture. Intimidation. But, but Nehemiah, what does it say? He resists. He persists, he rejects, he prays, he refuses, and he prays some more. Nehemiah. I don't know what it is in your life, but I want to encourage you to say, oh no. Oh no, I'm going to go forward with God. I'm going to walk that path. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be what he wants me to be. I don't know how much time we have left. I really do not know. We could have a long, long time, but... We don't know. Again, something Patrick said, you know, we have more time to serve Him if we become believers in our, in our young days, in our early days. Yes, that's true. But we do not know how much time we have to serve Him. So why should we waste our lives? Does that mean we don't ever pay attention to the things around us? We have to pay attention. We have to take care of business. We have to do what we need to do. But we need to keep our hearts Focused on what God has called us to do. On that, on that walk of serving Him, that walk of of hearing His voice. We're sheep, His sheep, and the sheep know His voice and listen to Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together and have a, a little something special for you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word that is that light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And we thank you that you want to keep us strong to fight the good fight and to use spiritual weapons, not our own fleshly weapons, but the spiritual weapons and the Holy Spirit's power within us and the word of God as Jesus did to say, oh no, I'm going forward with God. I'm walking with him. I'm not going that path. I'm not going down there. I'm staying up here. It's too, it's too much. Why should I leave? Why should I run away? Why should I uh, give in to fear and intimidation, gossip? I'm going to go. I've got to go forward. I have got to go forward with you, Jesus. No matter how much time I have left. And Father, I pray for each one of us, Lord. You know the things that we face. You know those battles. And they're not going to get any easier until that final bell tolls. And we see you face to face. Give us the strength, Lord. Now, as Nehemiah prayed, strengthen our hands. Strengthen our hands to keep keep them fastened to that plow. Not looking back. Father, I pray here this morning as well for any who do not know the Lord Jesus as the saviors have their sins completely forgiven and washed through the through the blood of Jesus Christ who shed his blood on that cross who died for our sins who was buried and resurrected from the dead. If there's any here this morning that have never been forgiven completely and totally forgiven you need to come to Jesus and simply say forgive me lord i'm a sinner. Wash me, cleanse me. I believe in you. I trust in you today. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these people. I love these people. and You love them. I pray that you would just bind our hearts together, Lord, and that we might help one another in this path, in this walk. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I wanted to uh, just share something with you. Um, that woman back there, this way, that woman back there, she's such a distraction. Not really. She's a a God-given gift to me. And uh, we celebrate our anniversary on Monday, last Monday. And uh, 35 years. And we, you know, we didn't have anything special, huge planned, but we just went down to the beach down in Narragansett, and and we had a beautiful walk on the beach and a dinner down at the shore. But on the way home... um, some of you saw that incredible rainbow? How many of you saw that? I mean, in real, real time. That was, that was awesome, wasn't it? You know, we, we're driving home on Route 4, right? And uh, go ahead and play that, Dan. It's only 30 seconds. We lost the sound. I mean, a little cell phone video doesn't really do it much justice, right? Right? But there's another one right next to it, too. There's a double that's a lot fainter. And, uh, but, and, and I know looking at that, it's hard to see, but uh, it was the most incredible rainbow I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And uh, we stopped. We pulled over to the side of the road on Route 4, right, in this little tiny breakdown lane. And uh, you know, I had to wait to get out of the car because it's a narrow lane, and so we get out, and then someone pulls up behind me, and, you know, I got my little cell phone, I'm taking pictures, and, and he's got, like, a real camera, and he goes like this to me. And then, and then after that, all these other people started pulling over, and it's like, when we, when we finally left, you know, there was, like, 30 cars pulled alongside of the road, and some of them, like, went over really fast and dangerously, and we're glad we didn't see any accidents or anything. But 35 years... 35 years um, ago, you know, we, we made promises to each other, but we also made promises to the Lord that we were just all we wanted to do was serve Him. That's all we wanted to do. And 35 years, you know, we, we've, we've had our ups and downs, believe me. I just about divorced her, I don't know how many times. You know, but, but our goal is, was just to serve the Lord, just, just to follow Him, just to be faithful to Him. And I can say that He has strengthened our hands to do that. And, and uh, you know, it's not all been easy in, in serving Him and just and being married. Marriage is a challenge, right? And those, those of you that are married know it's hard and you have to work at it and you have to learn to forgive and that's, I think, one of the passages I read about that we're not ignorant of his schemes. The context of that verse is about forgiveness. He says, I forgive because I'm not ignorant of the, the enemy's schemes. And, and one of the things is that we, we, we learn to forgive each other and, and to let it go. And so I'm looking forward to the next 35 years. I don't know. Uh, should God come back or Jesus return for us before then? He might. I'm hoping that it's sooner rather than later. But, you know, I want to encourage you just, you know, as well. And some of you are, you know, are, know what it's like to struggle and to fight and to, to say no to distractions and say no to the things that try to tear us down in our relationships and our service and, and what we want to do for, for God and for Him. and. And I'm just being honest with you, you know what, I, I, I'm not perfect, I've made a lot of mistakes. I can't think of one right now, but, you know, I, I, I try to remain humble, but I've made a lot of errors and, and hurt people, and, and I'm always, I'm always, I always feel bad when I hurt people, and I don't want to hurt anybody, but you know what, I, I don't know how to do it all right, I just, I just want to do it when I'm called to do, and and sometimes, you know, hurt people along the way. But I never want to. And I apologize if ever I ever hurt you in any way. I just want to serve the Lord. That's all I want to do. And so, uh, I want to just close. We, we, uh, when we did get married, I wrote a song 35 years ago. And uh, we didn't sing it. I, I think it's kind of corny when you sing at your own wedding. But... You know, maybe you did that. And it's okay. So we actually had a, a good, good friends. This couple and they sang it at our wedding, but um, but uh, we just want to sing it together for you, and and uh, we'll have the words up on the screen before we close. Okay, is that all right?
1: All right, let's do it.
0: I had to lower this. Uh a little bit because I can't sing as high as I used to. And some of you say, you
1: already sing so high, but. Oh, Lord, our lives we dedicate. I'm getting nervous and forgetting the words. Dedicate to you as children servants bond slaves you gave your life to us it's true and now we choose dear lord to give our lives to you but dear lord we need your strength you with all our heart and soul and mind oh lord we need you on our own we cannot stand we're safe within you protected by your loving hands well how can we thank you but to serve you in return We need you on our own. We cannot stand. We're safe within you, protected by your loving hands. Well, how can we thank you but to serve you in return?
0: bless you thank you god bless you we'll see you next time